Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. You remember last year we interviewed pastors and lawyers from Canada who were being arrested for holding Sunday worship. Well, today, Pastor James Coates of Alberta has a victory story to share how religious freedom is coming back to Alberta, Canada. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps, and you're watching PIJN News. On this show, we like to do three things. We report the news, we discern the spirits, and we pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. On today's show, we have a new friend of the program, but we've been talking about him for over a year. Pastor James Coates is in Canada. He is the pastor of, uh, I wanna say Grace Life Church. And when COVID was raging, his church was shut down. We showed videos of, of, of policemen literally threatening and arresting his parishioners, put a big fence around his church. Welcome via Skype from Alberta, Canada, Pastor James Coates. How are you, sir? Great, thank you for having me, appreciate it. Well, thank you. About a year ago, we had an attorney who is with the, the law firm that was representing you, kind of like the Jay Seculo of Canada. We think of uh, him as a great Christian lawyer here in America. His name was John Carpe, and from my recollection of his uh, uh, description of your events, you were persecuted for your faith and for hosting worship services on Sunday, including Easter Sunday. Well, yeah, basically we had taken a stand where we were gonna keep our church open. We did initially shut down and comply with the governing authorities when the, pand the pandemic first broke. But in June of 2020, we opened our doors, but for two Sundays when we had a couple of cases and went to live stream, and then we were open for um, what ended up being 37 Sundays in a row until we were taken out of our facility. And, uh, and the entire time, well, not the entire time, but from end of November, 2020, uh, to the time that our, our, our building was locked up, the governing authorities were doing everything they possibly could to get us to comply with their health orders, which would mean you know, capacity limits and, and masking, and, and in some cases not singing, and we just couldn't do that because at that point in time, we had deemed it an overreach of the governing authorities into the authority and sphere of the church. Jesus Christ dictates the terms of worship and, and we could not comply with their health orders. So when the Bible says, I think in Hebrews, uh, do not forsake the gathering together of yourselves as is the custom of some, uh, you felt a call from God to continue assembling even if the government forbid that. How do you decide whether you should obey man or God? Well, the tension for us was felt immediately. So when, when the restrictions first broke and the pandemic had begun, we were already feeling the tension of Romans 13 and Hebrews 10, 25. So we had that tension immediately and we're already expressing to our congregation that we were going to have to discern when the government was stepping beyond its authority and was actually infringing on the authority of Christ over his church. So we, we took the, the initial few months of the pandemic to let the data roll in. Clearly COVID-19 was not the apocalyptic virus that they had projected it to be. 
and we could see the governing authorities were using COVID-19 to capitalize on a crisis to, to ultimately garner greater degrees of authority over society. And, and that, that brought us into conflict with the governing authorities because we have the authority of Christ. We must submit to his authority. And so when it became clear that the, the restrictions were actually having more harm than the virus itself, and that we would be actually complying with a lie to close our doors and submit to the governing authorities, we knew at that point in time we had to take a stand for Christ and keep our doors open and allow our people to decide for themselves whether or not they were going to attend, whether they would mask, and the rest of it. So once we determined that we would actually be in disobedience to Christ by complying with the governing authorities, that's when we knew it was time to obey God, not men. I love the way you say that. Of course, in Acts chapter four, Peter and John were hauled in front of the Pharisees and they were ordered, you must not preach or teach or anything at all in Jesus' name. But they replied, who are you Pharisees? Should we obey men or should we obey God? And they disobeyed men and they obeyed God and they were flogged for their disobedience. But they rejoiced that they were worthy to suffer for Jesus Christ. Um, Were you inspired by them? Well, absolutely. Acts 5.29 is a critical portion of scripture in, in, in discerning when it's time to defy the governing authorities. And a lot of folks understand Acts 5 incorrectly. They believe that what the governing authorities were doing there, and it's, it's appropriate to see the Sanhedrin as a political entity, not just a religious entity. That was Israel's governing authority. Yes, they were subject to Rome, but they had their own political governance taking place as well. And so to, to see that as merely being Uh, a forbiddance to preach the gospel, that is inaccurate. They were being forbidden from teaching in Jesus' name, which is to teach in accord with who he is, his identity, his character, the fact that he is King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and to even call the governing authorities to submit to his Lordship. So so it's not a matter of, well, we're not being persecuted so long as we can preach the gospel. No, the the demands to follow Christ go well beyond the, the command to believe the gospel. And, and the gospel is critical. I don't wanna, to, I wanna elevate the gospel to the highest place of importance as the apostle Paul does. But at the same time, uh, to, to follow Christ is to, is to obey him in every sphere of life. I like the way you said that or implied uh, that it's not just the church that we call to submit to the kingship of Jesus Christ, but the government must also submit to the kingship of Jesus Christ. Uh, And it's our prophetic speech uh, as citizens, as sovereigns who who vote over the government and rule over the government to to bring that about with religious freedom. Let's take a short break. When we come back, I'll ask Pastor James Coates about the sequence of events and how the police showed up at his church. Do you ever wonder how to discern your own thoughts from the thoughts that come to you from the Holy Spirit or angels or invisible demons? I'm Dr. Chaps, and you've seen us talk about the gift of discerning of spirits. In fact, I wrote my PhD dissertation, How to See the Holy Spirit, Angels and Demons. But now, we have an exciting 17-part video Bible study on a four-disc DVD set that you can get for your small group or your church. If you just visit PrayInJesusName.org and offer a suggested donation of $99 or call us toll free at 866-Obey-God. Get this 17 part video series and for a limited time only, we'll throw in the book for free. 
Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Get this important Bible study series for you and your church or call us at 866-Obey-God right now. Take action today. Dr. Chaps needs you to sign an important online petition. Today I wanna invite you to sign an important petition to Congress to protect military chaplains, especially their right to pray publicly in Jesus' name. If you remember my story, you know that I was vindicated by Congress in 2006 after I took a principled stand for the right to pray in Jesus' name. I even demanded my own misdemeanor court-martial And finally, Congress agreed with me and reversed the bad Navy policy. But Congress never did pass a positive law to let chaplains pray according to their conscience. Let's take action today for religious freedom. Would you sign that petition with me? Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. Please visit PrayInJesusName.org and sign today's petition right now. Again, visit PrayInJesusName.org to sign our petition right now. Defending your religious freedom, here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by Pastor James Coates, who is live from Alberta, Canada via Skype. He's the pastor of Grace Life Church. Pastor, take us back, um, you know, let's say two years ago, COVID first breaks out and everybody's afraid, right? Because uh, we don't know how deadly it's gonna be and then things start shutting down. First they shut down sporting events and then they shut down, uh, uh, you know, travel and then they shut down churches. Uh, When did you first become aware that the government was coming after your church? Well, we were compliant, as I said, until uh, June 2020, and largely compliant. We didn't comply with every single restriction, but we were certainly complying with the capacity limits at that time. And when the first declared public health emergency ended, we opted at that point in time to open the doors of our church. I preached two sermons, one on Romans 13, the other on the passage of Hebrews 10:25, and that really readied our church to open our doors Uh, and come together for corporate worship. We would say that prior to that, we were not gathering. A virtual gathering is not a gathering. No. Uh, That, you know, in in extenuating circumstances, a virtual gathering can be a beneficial tool, but it is not the assembly of the saints. And so um, when that public health emergency ended, the restrictions were there, but they lacked teeth because the, the emergency was over and we were open, complying, or rather not, com- well, complying with Christ in our gatherings at that time. Now, I've got to ask, uh, health- were, were, yeah. there, were there attendance limits, like less than 100 people in a, a thousand foot square room, or was it from the federal government of, from Ottawa, or was it the, the premier, uh, Jason Kinney of, of Alberta? Where were these orders and restrictions coming from? Yeah, they were coming from our premier, and the, the, the health governing authority, which is Alberta Health Services or AHS. So it was basically our provincial government with uh, AHS where these restrictions were coming against our church. And at one point in time, and for the majority of that first stretch, we were limited to a total of 15 people in the gathering. And when you take your, your sound crew and your, your music team, along with you know myself, you pretty much have your year 15. So we were basically permitted enough people in the building to, uh, to, to live stream our services. That's about it. And you did more than that. You, when, after the emergency was, uh, 
lifted, you saw there were still some non-emergency restrictions in place and those did you violate? Yeah, at that point in time, we opened our doors and let our people decide and we were open uh, for corporate worship. Um, but for two Sundays when we had actually just out of an abundance of caution shut down due to a couple of COVID cases that had arisen, we didn't wanna be a, a quote unquote super spreader event, which I think has been proven to be a, a misnomer altogether. And so we, we did that out of an abundance of caution. But once we had reopened sort of toward the end of July, uh, we, were, we were open and stayed all the way uh, and began to get some uh, complaints sort of end of November, early December at the when the second declared public health emergency uh, took place. We had people driving into our our parking lot and taking photos. And we had you know neighbors across the street who were taking photos. And, and so complaints were beginning to roll in. And that's when AHS began coming to our services and we would be interacting with them. They would be looking at the way that we were conducting our services. And, and, and that's then the health department. Time, they brought the RCMP with them, which is our police services. The, so we the, actually had the RCMP and AHS in our service. The Royal Canadian Mounted to. Police. I mean, this is like uh, adventures from Bullwinkle. Here you have Dudley Do-Right in his uh, Rocky Mountain, uh, excuse me, uh, Royal Canadian Mounted Police uniform showing up. Did they put a fence around your church and tell people they couldn't attend? Well, that came much later. So as things as things progressed, I mean, they used the media. They 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 brought us to court, ordered us to comply with their health orders. I was arrested twice. The second time resulted in my imprisonment because I, I refused to sign the release condition that I was given at my bail hearing. Effectively, all the way along, they were using every tool they possibly could to get us to submit to their governing uh, to their their health restrictions, and I. I just could not do that because to do that was effectively handing the keys of the church over to Caesar. And so on, on my second arrest, I had turned myself in. I was brought before a justice of the peace. Uh, he gave me a release condition that required that I comply with the health orders. I said I couldn't do that. I wasn't going to agree to those terms of release. And that meant they had to hold me and transfer me to a maximum security prison. And I was there for 35 days until the crown adjusted the terms of my release and gave me a, a way to to leave the, the the prison without having any conditions on my ability to shepherd our church. And so it was after 35 days that I was released. And then my first Sunday out, though the governing authorities had not attempted to get into our facility during my entire imprisonment, they did that Sunday. And we kept them out with section 176 of the criminal code and the Wednesday following that Sunday service, they actually broke into our building, changed our locks, um, locked us out, put up three layers of fencing around our facility so we couldn't even worship on the, the grounds of our church outside. And uh, we began to be the underground church, just traveling from undisclosed location to undisclosed location. And, and for the most part, worshiping the Lord under the blue sky and the shining sun. Let me go back to those first days when you're in prison. You said, you know, locked away for 35 days and they offer you this sheet of paper. The terms of your release are, you've got to stop worshiping. You've got to stop assembling. You've got to stop uh, what they perceive as a violation of the health code, but you've got to agree to that. And you said, no, you said, I'd rather stay in prison. And you don't know how long it was going to be. It turned out to be 35 days. You might still be there if they hadn't adjusted all that due to public pressure. And I'll, I'll give some credit to our audience. 
we gave out the phone numbers and address and I emailed people to contact Jason Kinney, the premier of Alberta. And some of the adjustments that came during the critical hours were because of public pressure. Kinney used to be against us, and then after the truckers protest recently, Kinney flip-flopped and now he's for us, or at least he's opening things up. Um, I wanna ask, when you were in the moment of crisis, why didn't you just sin? Why didn't you just compromise and sign the paper and get out of jail? Well, because we have been in a stare down with the governing authorities for quite some time leading up to my arrests and, and ultimately my imprisonment. And, and um, you know, to, to sign that condition would have been to undo all of that. You know, there was a conviction upon which everything was being done. It was a biblical theological conviction. We weren't political revolutionaries. Our responsibility is to, as elders, uh, protect the church and, and be good stewards of that which has been entrusted to us. And so to sign that condition was, was essentially saying Jesus isn't Lord, he's not head of his church, Jason Kenney's the head of the church, or our chief medical officer of health is the head of the church. And so by signing that condition, I was handing authority over to the government to dictate to us the terms of worship. I, I couldn't do that. I mean, to do that would have been compromise. And, and when you think about, you know, Daniel 6 and what he did when the edict came and he wasn't permitted to pray to his God, to Yahweh, our God, um, you know, or, or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they wouldn't bow the knee to the golden, the, the golden statue. I mean, all of that to, to, to compromise would be to dissociate from those men of faith from, from years past, John Bunyan, for example. And so I just, I couldn't do it. Let's take a short break. When we come back, I wanna hear the resolution of the matter and how things are moving in a positive direction for freedom in Canada. Dr. Chaps will be right back with more PIJN News. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, CEO of MyPillow. Retailers, shopping channels, and now even banks have tried to cancel myself and MyPillow. During these times, your support has meant everything to us. My employees and I want to personally thank each and every one of you by passing the savings directly onto you. For example, you can get my Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $39.99 a set. That's a savings of 60% and the lowest price in history. And remember, they're made with the world's best cotton, grown where the Sahara Desert, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Nile River all meet. They come with my 10-year warranty, and I guarantee they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. So go to MyPillow.com now and use the promo code on your screen or call the 1-800 number below to get my Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $39.99, the lowest price in history. If you do it right now, I'm also going to include a free gift with your purchase. Thank you and God bless. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm here to tell you about my brand new product, My Slippers. What makes my slippers different from those other slippers is my exclusive four-layer design. The first layer is my pillow's patented foam, which will help prevent fatigue and offer you incredible support. My second layer is a memory foam that will give you amazing comfort. And layer three is my patented impact gel that'll help reduce stress on your feet. And layer four is a durable outdoor indoor sole so you can wear my slippers anywhere, anytime. Go online or call right now to order your very own pair of the new My Slippers. Use the promo code on your screen and save an incredible 40% off your My Slippers order. You can enjoy My Slippers anytime, anywhere. 
What I love most about my slippers is that I can wear them all day long and not have to change shoes. I personally guarantee the first time you put them on, they'll be the most comfortable slippers you'll ever own. Empowering you, the grassroots activist. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps. Uh, we're thinking back to late 2020 when here he is, uh, Pastor James Coates, our guest today, is in jail, 35 days in a, 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 a lockdown prison and uh, did they mistreat you? We, we've heard reports from our other Canadian pastor friend from Alberta, Arthur Pawlowski, that he was mistreated, he was abused. And then how were you eventually released? What did you learn? Yeah, so fortunately for me, in terms of the way that I was treated by the, the police, as well as um, by the, the guards and, and the inmates, it was largely very positive. So I, I had a fairly good rapport, even with the officers who arrested me. In all honesty, uh, we had honored them in the way that they had handled everything up until that point in time. We were giving them standing ovations as they were coming into our facilities to honor law enforcement because at that point in time, they were just a, they were just a, with AHS. They weren't the ones driving the investigation. They were accompanying AHS into the building. And though we didn't really appreciate them being there on those terms, uh, we recognize that law enforcement has fallen on hard times in uh, recent years, and so we wanted to show them respect, and so we did that. Uh, so we had a good rapport with the police, and and then my interaction with the guards and inmates was positive as well. Uh, even the, um, you know, all the, let me just say this, as far as the story of all that we went through, it's in the book that has just come out, God vs. Government, where I detail uh, in really clear terms everything that took place from start to finish in this entire battle, and even take you into those really difficult moments as I was having to digest the reality of, of having to go to the jail possibly and, and you know, wrestling through the, the challenges of, of whether I was willing to obey Christ at that cost, it's all there. In fact, not only is our story of Grace Life Church there, but also the story of Grace Community Church and John MacArthur, that story is told as well and their battle with the governing authorities and, and the way that that resolved itself. And so for your listeners, for those who want a really detailed telling of the story with precision and clarity, it's in that book. And that book also provides a framework, going back to your earlier question, that relates to, you know, how do we discern when it's time to practice civil disobedience? And 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 well, where is that line? And so we provide all of that in that book, God vs. Government, co-authored myself and Nathan Buznitz. And so I, I commend it to your audience. Yes, and um, you can get that book through the website, God vsgovernment.com, same book title is the same as the website, godversusgovernment.com. I encourage people to buy that book. Uh, tell us about the resolution of the story. How did, how did they eventually allow your underground church, right, which is moving from house to house, hiding from the government with, with secret meeting locations, just like communist China, to be honest, now all of a sudden, Jason Kinney, the premier, gets all kinds of pressures. We, we received feedback that he was very angry that he was being cast in some kind of negative light by religious voters. And so eventually he had a change of heart around the time of the truckers protest. Uh, how did you receive word that the policies were changing and you could come back to your old church building? Yeah, so there's a little bit of distance between those two events. So uh, we received our building back on July 1st. 
which is Canada Day. So July 1st, 2021, we get our building back. And we've been in our building ever since. Um, we were we were worshiping the Lord uh, throughout the summer without any threat of enforcement from the governing authorities. Now, a third declared health emergency was, uh, was, was executed um, end of September, 2021. At that point, we did wonder whether or not the governing authorities were gonna wanna go for round two because we were gonna take the same stand. Uh, we weren't gonna take a, a different stand at all. And so we, we, we didn't know exactly how that was gonna go. In the end, they left us alone. So even though the, the, the virus was the same, even though the, the, the restrictions were virtually the same, even though there was a declared health emergency, when we stayed open, there was no media, there was there was no RCMP, no AHS, they left us alone. So we have been in our building worshiping the Lord since July 1st uh, of 2021 and uh, have had no interruption, uh, not anything that has taken place as a result of that. Now with the trucker convoy, uh, when that happened, that really was the impetus for lifting all restrictions, virtually all restrictions in our province. And that's happened across Canada. Uh, most of the provinces have lifted their, their COVID restrictions and it was the trucker convoy that was the catalyst for that. So at this point in time in Alberta, things are essentially open. Uh, any restrictions wow. are fairly minor. They're, you know, we gotta wear a mask in a hospital or something like that. But and a right lot of now, that was due to public pressure on Justin Trudeau, the, the prime minister of, of the entire nation of Canada. Pastor, we have just less than a minute left. Would you say a prayer for our audience? Maybe somebody here is inspired to take a stand for Christ. Would you energize us with your blessing? Yeah, let me, let me do that. Well, Father, thank you for this time together and your goodness and grace. Thank you for your gospel, the gospel of your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray for any who would hear this and not know you through your son, that they would turn from their sin and believe on Christ and be saved from your wrath, which is to come. And Lord, for those who are desiring to take a, a stand for a Christ and for his honor and glory, Give them courage and grace to be faithful and obedient in the little things in their lives, knowing that as we do that, uh, we will be faithful and obedient in those larger moments that come our way. May your word dwell in us richly. May you give us courage to be salt and light in this dark world. And may you be glorified in and through us, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Our guest has been Pastor James Coates, godversusgovernment.com. Get a copy of his new book. It's just hitting the shelves. We want you to be the first. Our website is prayinjesusname.org. Again, prayinjesusname.org. Please donate so we can bring you these kind of interviews. Or if you need prayer, call us at 866-Obey-God. We'll see you next time. The Bible says this in James 1, that pure religion before God and the Father is to visit orphans and widows in their trouble. You know, we have been sponsoring up to 259 orphans and children in one of the poorest states in India for many years, but now there is a famine of biblical proportions happening because of the unemployment there. We are sponsoring people who otherwise cannot feed themselves. We've given over $10,000 to feed up to 100,000 meals to the poorest of poor in one of the poorest states in the world. We need your support. 
We need your financial contributions. Can you help us? There's somebody out there watching who could give $1,000 or even $10,000 toward a matching gift for what we have already provided. Please donate today. PrayInJesusName.org is our website. Or you can call us at 866-Obey-God. Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please help us feed the poor today. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best financial donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray In Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll-free right now, 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.